गुड इवनिंग नमस्कार स्टार्टिंग द सेशन ऑन ट्यूसडे एटेंड दिस वीक्स फर्स्ट प्रोग्राम वेलकम यू ऑल अगेन फॉर दोज हु आर जॉइनिंग दिस सेशन फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम जस्ट अ कपल ऑफ क्विक रूल्स द सेशन वुड लास्ट अराउंड सेवेंटी फाइव मिनट्स uh you can see on the top the speakers two speakers and the listeners today can tap the button which shows the hand button on the bottom of the panel if you wish to speak so and you will be allowed to speak depending on the number of people you guys today's session is a, a general session where we discuss the roads routes trips and destinations this is a free wheeling discussion anybody can ask any questions regarding any of the trips any of the roads or any anything and anything to do with them please raise your hands if you wish to speak so that we can add you to the speaker's panel uh today we also are discussing a special destination which is spiti valley and uh, i request all those people who have been to spiti valley also to chip in with their inputs information and past experiences i'm sure many of you i can see a lot of people in the room who have been to spiti before it will be wonderful to hear from your experiences because right now the spiti season is on and uh, lots of interest is there to go to spiti at the moment but before we go on just a small recap some of the events this week as you know that currently there are lot of weather disturbances and himachal pradesh uttarakhand some of these places are facing heavy rains and uh, and a lot of disruptions traffic has been upset roads have been closed and there has been even some casualty so a lot of trips are, are being disrupted right now in these last two days the jammu kashmir uh, the jammu shrinagar highway was closed due to landslides the mughal road was closed due to landslides of course both of them are now open uh, in himachal a lot of areas in dharamshala region kangra valley have been affected several roads are closed so do check before you plan to travel to those places the main highway to manali was closed due to landslides but happy to hear that it's now reopened uh the road to spiti uh as as also suffered some landslides and uh, it was closed i have no exact update whether the road has been reopened the road to manali uh, from the road to leh from manali was also badly affected uh but again uh one place uh, there was a problem with water crossings so the the water just crossed the road and it was very deep and another place there was a landslide now both of the babil uh have been repaired the roads have been restored so i think slowly the the alarm which the rains heavy rains in himachal caused is slowly coming back to normal i've been receiving lot of inquiries from people getting worried about traveling to himachal i can tell, tell them that these are all normal things during the monsoons it rains heavily in the month of july and 
stop of August. So these kind of disruptions are quite normal. So whenever you do travel to these areas, be prepared for some level of disruption. Don't uh, keep your trip plans too tight so that you do not have any buffers. Always keep enough buffer for any of these disruptions so that you don't get stranded somewhere. And uh, I have urgency to come back home. So this is the situation as well as JK and uh, Himachal are concerned. Ladakh's trips are going on well. A lot of people visiting Ladakh, particularly on road, bike and car. Weather uh, right now in Ladakh is excellent. Blue skies, no clouds. Absolutely fantastic weather to be traveling around Ladakh. So, Anyone of you who is planning a trip in the dark, yes, this is the good time. Next one and a half months, take advantage of this and go to the dark. As far as uh, uh, the restrictions are concerned, there have been some changes as far as COVID-related restrictions are concerned. Gradually, there has been a relaxation of norms. As you know, states like Maharashtra have allowed people to, uh, Karnataka, not Maharashtra, Karnataka have allowed uh, people to come in with vaccination certificates. This has also extended to states like Uttarakhand, Rajasthan, and so on. Just a short while ago, a couple of hours ago, Mumbai has also allowed visitors to come in by air with vaccination certificate instead of RT-PCR. So I think we are slowly moving to a regime of uh, vaccination certificates as the passport for travel. So again, as I keep telling you every week, please take your vaccination at the earliest. This is one way you can protect yourself. Don't delay. You may have vaccine hesitancy, but since we're all travelers, I think we need to be mindful that we should have vaccination done at the earliest. Uh, now we go on to the main topic of the day, the destinations. As I told you, any one of you can ask any questions. It's not a monologue or a one speaker talking about his experiences. I would like to have each one of you come forward and tell us something about your experiences with Spiti Valley. If you have been there or you want to plan to plan a trip there. And besides that, any questions on any place are welcome. Is there anybody who would like to come forward right now? Please uh, uh, raise your hands and uh, uh, tap the hand button so, so that we can get you into the room. As I was telling you, this is a great time to go to Spiti. Typically, the Spiti season starts sometime in June and goes on till October. You can travel to Spiti Valley throughout the year, but it gets extremely difficult after December because of the snowfall. So, we very few go to Spiti Valley in the winter. You might have seen some of these off-roading expeditions on four-wheel drive cars. They're all under expert guides, not for people going solo. But this is a time for you to go to solo, go solo to Spiti Valley. Uh, the circuit uh, is completely open. The roads are as good as they can be. Uh, you do not have any great expectations. 
for the disruption which uh, we talked about uh, in Kino Valley, the road to city, there are no disruptions. Even places like Chandratal are open. Uh, so just to give you a brief overview, since we don't have anybody coming in to uh, give their inputs, Spiti Valley would typically be a 7 to 10 day trip out of Delhi. Just assuming that Delhi is a base, you could do a good trip to Spiti Valley and back in 7 to 10 days. Those extra 3 days are because Ideally, you could also go Kinnor Valley on the way. There are wonderful places like Sarahan, Chitkul, Kalpa on the route to Spiti. So most of us uh, also cover some of these places. As far as Spiti itself is concerned, once you enter Spiti Valley from, say, let's say, Kaab, you have quite a number of interesting places, starting with Gu. Uh, which got a mummy, old 500 year old mummy of a lama. You can see the body or the mummy there. After that, you enter Sviti Valley, you come to the first large town of Tapo. When I mean large town, it's actually just a little larger than a village, but for Sviti Valley, it's a very large town. Needless to say, you have absolutely no facilities there. You don't have workshops, you don't have uh, any big hotels. They're all very basic stuff. From Tabo, we typically go towards Kasa, along the river uh, Spiti, and uh, you take a climb up to uh, the Dunkar Gompa. They get a very, very awesome view of the valley. And after that, one would uh, take a detour and go into the Pitkin Valley. The road ends at a place called Bund. It's a very pretty drive. It goes along the road. You could, some people like to go and stay there. Some people like to camp there. Some people like to take trekking routes from Bund. Uh, but a typical motorist, uh, one would continue to go till you reach Kasa. Kasa is again, uh, from an overall perspective, a large town for the Spiti Valley. There are workshops, there are cars, spare shops, there are quite a number of hotels and uh, uh, maybe a little bit of better quality Medicare too. Very interesting uh, statistic I read last week was Spiti Valley is the only region in India which has 100% vaccinated the people who live there, which is a fantastic achievement for a remote area like Spiti. Yeah. 
on Tehori, which is again on completely Kacha Road. Or you could go on and see the big Buddha statue in Rangsa before you return to Kasa. Another interesting circuit from Kasa would be to go to Kigompa. Kigompa is an extremely wonderful looking place, and from the Gompa you can get one of the best photo shots of the Spiti Valley. You can see the whole river uh, wide out there. From Ki, you can go on to a very interesting place called Tashi Ganga. Tashi Ganga would be maybe a couple of hours uh, or three hours from Kasa. Again, a very high point. Very interesting place because you get fossils in, you can actually find fossils in Tashi Ganga because as the legend goes, this was used to be under the sea once upon a time. So there are a lot of fossils of old animals which are dead and gone. So Tashiganga is a very interesting destination. And then you can come back again to Kasa. You might have seen a hanging bridge. It's very well known. Many people take photographs. That is actually very close to Kippur on the road to Chichen. Chichen, I'm sorry, not Chichen, Chichen. So the next thing on the agenda from Kasa, so Kasa would probably be a two-day affair. You arrive today, next day you could go on a circuit and maybe one more day you can go another circuit. From Kasa, the next thing which we typically do is to go to Chandratal. Chandratal is, is an extremely fantastic place. Uh, you climb up to the Kunzula Pass, and after that, you climb down to the space where Chandra River starts. It's the source of the river Chandra. It's a campsite where the road is pretty challenging. It is very narrow and has very steep fall on one side. It's completely kacha and can be slushy, snowy, etc. etc. Chandra is again a campsite. You could go and stay there. You could do a day trip if you want, or you could go and stay there. There are camps there. When you go to Chandutal next time, do not forget to say hi to one of our highway kings who runs a camp, Jamaica. Jamaica is a fantastic person to know in Kasa, and uh, he has a camp in, in uh, Chandutal. Chandutal done. Typically, we make a long journey to Manali. Uh, this is the most challenging road, one of the worst and toughest roads uh, which we have in the Himalayan region right now. So it's not easy. Uh, most of us are wary about our cars, whether we have the ground clearance, whether the car needs four-wheel drive, etc. etc. Yes, it is a very difficult drive. It has got a lot of water crossings. It has got a lot of rock. It also has got some landslides. And towards the winter, there's a lot of snowfall too. So yes, it's not easy. So somebody who's got a small car can definitely do it. But I would always try to go in company because if I do go alone, if something happens to me, it's such a remote area with just three settlements in between. In a matter of four hours, you will just see three settlements. So if anything goes wrong with your car, you have nobody to help. You have no mobile connectivity. You have no puncture shop. And you're just three places where you've got tapas. So please remember next time you go on that road, 
care. We started from Delhi. We came to Shimla. We crossed the Kilor Valley with its beautiful places like Sarahan, Chitkul, Kalpa. Then we entered the city valley at Kaab. Then we saw the Mummy at Wu. We stayed in a town like Tabo. We climbed up to Dankar Gumpa. We took the Ditto to the Pin Valley and the Mud Village. And then finally we reached Kasa. We spent a couple of days in Kasa, exploring in and around. Some of the most interesting places being Komik, which is a highest motorable village in the world. We also went to Langsa to see the Buddha and to Tashi Ganga to search for fossils. From Kaza, we said goodbye and we went to Chandratal via Kunchubla. Chandratal being a high altitude lake with the camping sites around it. Very challenging terrain. And from Chandratal, we started our journey back home via Manali, which is again one of the worst and most challenging terrain we can find in the Himalayas. So back to your, in Manali, and from Manali you come back to Delhi. So this, this the whole circuit could be 7 to 10 days, depending on how you take it. So this is somewhere the essence of Spiti. We start, normally the trip start in May, June, because you see, although the road is open to Kasa from the Shimla side, it is closed from Kasa to Manali in the winter. So that road would probably open only in June or July. And then after that, it remains open till October. You can still go to Kasa in winter, but only with a four-wheel drive vehicle, only as part of a group, and only if you are really a fantastic off-roader. Because the whole place is under snow completely, the road keeps getting closed down all the time. So this is uh, Spiti, folks. Uh, anyone has any questions? Anybody wants to say something about their drives? I, I can see Sashank here. Sashank, I think you have gone to uh, uh, Spiti, I think. Or have you gone only to uh, uh, Kinor Valley? Would you like to say something, Sashank? Yes, Sashank. Uh, I think you are now a speaker. Please uh, go ahead. Uh, yes, sir, Chan. Please go ahead. Okay. Yeah, first of all, thank you for calling me out. It was uh, due thanks to you. I have been to all these places. The most recent one was Jinkul. My goodness, what a magnificent place it is. And uh, it was really, really beautiful. You were actually one of the guardian angels all the way. Funny thing was, 
So that is my biggest. Enjoyable thing because then you don't have a choice. 
you can't go anywhere all you have to do is just sit with the locals you know talk to them be part of their happiness their sorrow i mean i experienced both the happiness the the and even saw some bad experiences where you know some of the people die die and they have no support i mean like a place where their roads are disconnected communication is very poor and people die and we don't get the rescue on time but then yes i guess it's a part of their life for us it might be a little difficult to digest but there are some good memories as well i mean winter is the time when i learned from this pitiyas how to survive and how to be you know self sustainable i i would suggest each and every one to you know spend couple of you know weeks in winter in spiti and you will learn the meaning of self sustainable how to survive on the on your own fortunately nowadays you get you know a lot of electricity in almost each part of the spiti roads generally you know uh, the the pwd department clears the road quite often if it doesn't go you know so much but uh, consider a case uh, 10 years back when the, the the facility was not this better and especially people that belongs to pin valley or people that belongs to loser area are considered uh, to the upper region of uh, lalung uh, and these kind of places where immediately after the first snow they are disconnected they have nothing to there's there's no way they can come and you know connect to the main kaza uh, town so they keep their stuff for at almost 6 months so yeah winter is is one time where which can you know give you amazing experience can teach you a lot my favorite is how old does it get in the winter the nights uh, i have seen minus 31 the lowest i have seen is minus 31 my vitara 2019 i still have a picture of minus 27 Oh my God! How are you? Does your car start at that temperature? I'm not taking a lot. That's one of the reasons. Huh? If it's a petrol, chief, works fantastic. If it's a diesel, I remember most of the time diesel vehicle uh, with the anti-freeze also freezes. So either you cover it. Uh, I I remember we had a long discussion, chief, some time back, long long years back, when you were ex- you were explaining how to really cover your car with a skirt and everything. That is the right way of doing it. But yeah, but the diesel is. still a problem i when i started you know living in spiti i started with a gypsy so i had a gypsy fantastic vehicle the only pain was that driving gypsy from delhi to spiti was a pain but starting it in the morning when the diesel vehicles were struggling was a was a piece of cake first self and it would be used to start uh, immediately so yes cars do struggle i in last couple of years i've seen a lot of vehicles which are surviving quite nicely so uh, like fortuner is kind of a vehicle which i've seen starts in second self or third self right i've even seen you know uh, some of the other uh, there was a jeep compass which came last to last year started in first self some vehicles it all depends on you know how well the vehicles are insulated in terms of their battery fuel lines their you know sump and all these kind of things but yes petrol is the king Very better. I have an interesting question for you. What, what happens if uh, your car breaks down, and some of these new generation cars uh, have to be on flatbeds? You can't throw them away. What do What do you do in a place like Spiti? Are there flatbed trailers there? Uh, cha- I mean, if the car breaks down, consider it two weeks of delay. Because even if even if flatbed comes from Narkanda or Rampur, it all depends on the clearance of the road. Generally, these flatbed trucks are 
very heavy because it gets very difficult. I remember uh, 2018, a friend came from Jaipur in his safari. It was a four by two, okay, uh, safari storm, and uh, we uh, we were we were actually we were planned to go to Kipper for for you know hunting for uh, snow leopards for photography. So we were placed there for two weeks. The the friend insisted that he would prefer to drive his uh, safari to Kipper. While I said there's no point because it's just too high, it'll be too cold. And believe me, chief, you uh, the car froze there instantly. Next day when we started, it was impossible to start. We towed the vehicle uh, with the camper, Bolero camper, to uh, to a place called Shego, which is just before Gaza. And the car was lying there for a week or more than a week. Before our uh, flat bed could reach there, and uh, so so yes, if if a car breaks down, uh, finding the support will take time. You will have to either leave the vehicle there, or if you have if you have time, probably enjoy the time in winter. But yes, so the idea is keep your vehicle in a perfect condition if you really want to explore on your own. Yes, it is worth the risk, is what I would say. You know, I I so I can tell you an interesting experience from my uh, Scorpio. It's an old vehicle, and yes. when uh, you know in those days uh, beyond Tashiranga, the road was being built. Now of yes. course the road is over, and yes. I decided to go on that road and just to see where it is going. And I started climbing and climbing and climbing with a lot of kacha road, and suddenly uh, the problem which happened was the gears. The gears became very hard. I was not able to engage the gears at all. It just stopped. Became stuck on. It's almost like you were having a clutch plate, clutch plate failure, and uh, the gears became very hard. I was just somehow or the other I managed to change it, and I came back down. Came back down. Is just came back to Tashigal. Everything became alright. Even today, I have not been able to find a suitable explanation why. The gears became so hard, and this is a completely manual transmission, old-fashioned, old-gen, no electronic car. I still do not know what happened, and I mean, the way I illustrated this is that these are the kind of wonky things that can happen to your car. So, is that an Arke? Do you have any uh, possible explanation for this? Um, uh, as you said, Chief, there are so many unpredictable things that can happen at that you know altitude. Probably, probably uh, loss of pressure, clutch pressure. I don't know uh, because of the attitude, or I don't know which month it was. Was it in the winter? No, this was September. It was fair weather, and okay. as up to Tashiganga, everything was okay. And then you know, uh, beyond Tashiganga, it goes to fifteen thousand five hundred feet. So the where the problem was very bad was at fifteen thousand five hundred feet. Having said this, I never had any problem at even seventeen thousand and eight days, seventeen and a half, and other places. I never had any problem. Oh, I have to say the same. You have taken the vehicle to much, much higher than that. So yes, uh, that is why I could not figure this out. Why it had happened only there? Is it some kind of uh, issue, geographical issue in that place? Because there is absolutely nothing unusual with a car at that point in time. It's a mystery which I I came back and asked people who are. So called technical experts, nobody could figure out. Because I, I see, I, I, I would try to see whether there's any breather. For example, there is a breather tube in the transmission. I think maybe the breather got blocked. You know, there are some cars which have breathers in differentials, in turbo. These things, if they don't get enough supply, they can uh, kind of uh, hang, so to say. Maybe it was something like that, but I could never find. And it was never. 
So anyway, we will, uh, you guys came to us and said, look, uh, we want to go to Maldi. Do you mind uh, giving us a lift? He said, what are you doing here? No, no, you see this Bolero, it has broken down. We came to repair it. No, we want to go back. But you guys have come all the way from Maldi to repair this. So he said, okay, you get into this car, I get into this car. And so we accommodated them. You would believe it, within 15 to 30 minutes, this auto went and hit a rock and the gear completely froze. The gear could not be changed, there's something called jam. This 15 to 20 minutes after these guys had gotten these guys said, Oh, it's right here. Are you going to get it The guy went under the car, whatever he did, I do not know. But within 15 minutes, the guy had repaired. I mean, this is completely divine, you know, that car was immobilized at that point, you know, actually dangling on a rock. You know, you know, there's a rock which are on the side, in the middle of the road, which had actually gone and got stuck in one of those rocks, and that is how it damaged the gear. This guy is, I mean, it was something that they have, you can't even imagine uh, getting an ordinary service center guy to do this kind of work. We just took a screwdriver, either of us put here, and take it there. We didn't have to touch the car till we got back to company. I mean, it's got to do with the fact that they, they have to learn to be self-sufficient around there, like Raji was saying. I mean, they're out of touch with the rest of the world. They figure out how to uh, manage without, I mean, most of us are used to, you know, consulting an expert without even giving it a try. Maybe you're different, but uh, the rest of us will say best not to sort of, you know, mess it up more and try something. But these guys have learned the ins and outs. And like you were saying earlier about the 800s as well, I mean, we've been on running on those roads uh, as officials and everything for years. And each time uh, on those roads somewhere, you think you're going, uh, maintaining a nice space and you look in your... I clearly remember once looking in my rear view mirror and seeing, uh, you know, on that Gaza uh, Gramfu stretch, seeing an 800 somewhere in the distance in my rear view mirror. So I kept going and then next time I glanced back, that 800 had caught up on me. I was in a gypsy and I was like, what the hell is this? I need to speed up, man. It's supposed to be part of this rally convoy and this 800 is catching up with me, man. So yeah, I mean, the, the locals there know their vehicles, they know the terrain. And in those terrains, I discovered that uh, there is an optimum speed for your vehicle for any terrain. Uh, so if you're in a sort of a, like a rally gypsy on those uh, river pegs, we found, I think, a nice speed was 50 or 60 or something where with that kind of suspension, you kind of just bounce, uh, you know, like a stone skipping on water, you're bouncing off the rocks rather than going up and down with each, uh, up and down on the on the terrain. So you find that, uh, you know, you have to look for the optimum speed for a terrain, um, which a lot of us uh, in the cities and on running on highways don't uh, sort of manage to... Uh, even ask that question, what is the optimum speed for this terrain? In the sand, it's different. You know, in, in the rocky areas, it's different. In your gypsy, it will be different. In a softer sprung car, it will be different. So those kinds of things are uh, good discoveries to do as you drive. I, I, I remember, I think, uh, four, five years ago, they had a fatal accident when a gypsy guy or a Maruti uh, guy was driving the
one rock. Um, you know, your contact patch with the ground is so small, generally speaking, that you just have to have one rock going the wrong way with your tire. And, and, and those kind of terrains, uh, concentration lost for even of a fraction of a second can throw you off your bike. Yeah. I, there are so many stories. I mean, I remember, on, like I was telling you on that same 99 or 2000 rally, uh, there was a gypsy returning from Kaza on the competitive stretch um, and he took a left turn and I think he misjudged the turn and he kind of landed on his side with two wheels uh, up in the air, two wheels down on the ground. And they both, driver and navigator, crawled out and uh, they waited for someone, some other competitor coming from behind to help them ride the car. So somebody else finally stopped and they pushed from the side and they didn't realize that there was a little bit of a slope uh, on the road. So the moment the gypsy landed up back on its four wheels, it started rolling. And um, and then they tried to open the door, uh, but the door was locked on the driver's side when they were trying to... Uh, right the vehicle and there was no way they could it just sort of sort of rolled and right in front of their eyes it went down some 300 feet or something and that was the end of that vehicle I have a very amusing story from Bhaktal again uh, this was one of the cars I was advising on a trip and this was XUV 500 and uh, you know XUV 500 has got some very funny problems with the tire wheel nuts so this car uh, had a puncture and uh, this guy simply could not take off the tire, the puncture tire. He had a stepney and he had all the tools. But try as he might, uh, the tire wouldn't come off. Because you know that the, the XUV has got some very wonky spanner. Uh, it has to be fitted in somewhere. He tried that whole day. The Sita, Sita Swimmer type of thing. Anybody going that way, up, try to way up. Yeah, that's a very unusual problem. And 
he really struggled like uh, what Rajiv mentioned about flatbed uh, flatbed situation. In that so, case, you need a uh, hammer, hammer to Also good to have WD-40 um, at hand, I think. Yes, but that does not work in that, uh, this scenario on this heavy vehicle. I, I think uh, it is just that bad luck and uh, he lost two days and so much of trouble in uh, getting back to so-called civilization. And I mean, uh, in this case, it was near Chok where he had to come back. Well, if it can happen to F1 cars, uh, it can happen to uh, XUV also, I guess, you know. So, these are mechanical quirks that can strike at any time, I guess. You know, I, I even managed to repair a starter motor of a Swift in, uh, in Gaza. The, the place has got uh, even the car electrician, so when the starter was having problem, he did the usual st uh, stuff of, you know, taking it out, opening it up. Uh, cleaning the bush and putting it back and restoring it. I mean, so, uh, Swifty does have some amazing resources. Uh, uh, to a traveler's surprise, Kaza has one of the finest uh, mechanics available for all kinds of vehicles. They can do all kinds of jugar. Took it one day at a time, took it 
one bend at a time, so to speak. And we were just one vehicle, which is why I was saying it is foolhardy to do that. Um, and uh, and we just um, sort of managed to make it out through the other end at uh, Udaipur. No, what the, what's that place called? Yeah, Udaipur. No, no, past all that, past all the untamaked area from. Yeah, Udaipur. Two spare, complete 
tires with rims in my dicky. So no chances with the tires uh, for a traveler. Because we screwed in our own place, then he's gone screwed. Yeah, and, and uh, 2013 when we were heading to Chandratal, we had just entered that uh, road from the uh, main uh, Konzum road onto that Chandratal road when we had a flat. This was on a Fortuner. And uh, it it gave us stress until because we still had a stepney remaining, but it gave us stress because when you're going into unknown areas, uh, you know it becomes a uh, and you decide to take your own itinerary. We were, I think, senior officials, um, so we we were setting our own itinerary at that time, which is why we went off into Chandratal and all that. Uh, you can get yeah, like as we were saying, you can get seriously stranded if you don't have. so these are not the kind of things to uh, sort of save money on just get that extra wheel and extra tire uh, make sure if you are in a four wheel drive you have to make sure that all four or definitely in an all wheel drive you have to make sure all four tires are the same that you cannot have a different kind size of tire or a different diameter rim or anything it has to be exact same uh, circumference on all the four tires Great uh, inputs, uh, Nagesh. Uh, one question for Rajiv. Uh, I last time when I went, I found that they are building this new road from Mook to uh, Karcham via the so-called Baba Pass. Is that road happening? Uh, yes, there is a work going on, uh, Chief. Uh, in fact, you know what? Uh, from Mook all the way up to 12 kilometers, you could still drive even two years back. I remember you, just, you said you could drive, but I think there is still think. some work. Yeah, yeah. So there is still some work happening on. So I, I last last year they approved the budget. Uh, it was a constraint on the budget, so they approved the budget. So budget is approved, but as you know, that terrain is so tough. Uh, in fact, from the from the Kinnaur side, it, the work is not very fast. But from the Moth side, they have made the Kacha road uh, quite far from Moth. But I think the progress on doing a tarmac on top of it, I don't think that will happen. Probably chances are very high that they will work on the Baba Pass crossing, and once that is ready, they might just leave it Kacha Road at least drivable, and people can just go cross it uh, and go towards the Kacha side. So that, that I, I guess I guess that will make uh, Rampur. Uh, I think Rampur Kasa will become an easier one-day drive. It's a day drive. It's, it, so that's what uh, a lot of people are happy about, especially Smriti guys, because. In that case, they they can actually go to Rampur, get their stock of you know everything they need because Rampur is their place to get the stock for food and everything else. So that that will become a day drive for them. Just go in the morning, get the stuff, come back in the evening. Deepak, uh, you wanted to add something? Uh, yeah, Deepak, uh, you were tapping sometime. Yeah, the, uh, I had a similar experience like Narain had with my BMW 530D. Uh, very recently, uh, the my son went to get the rear tires fitted, and he provided a one size under. And my son was traveling at uh, he had a blast. So, so one has to be very very specific while getting the tires that the tires are of the same size because uh, it is not like that we are traveling for 50 kilometers in our city or like that. We are in the remote areas. We are travelers. So one has to be very very specific with their machines, their tires. Everything, everything. No, the issue with the tire uh, 
circumference and the tire size uh, having to be the same is that in all wheel drive cars uh, if they are not they are putting a lot of stress on the uh, all wheel drive system so the entire system is uh, put at risk if you are if you've got different size tires on you know different axles or different wheels of the same axle those things yeah. are important to know these uh, things the other thing is uh, how to uh, you know uh, change a tire it's a very different situation when you're in your uh, complex or on your smooth city roads it's very different to change a tire of a heavy vehicle like a fortuner on a chandratal road for example you know um, it could be there could be camber on the road there could be rocks on the road do you have a flat board on which you can keep your little uh, you know manufacturer given jack will you be carrying a workshop jack will you be carrying an air jack these are all questions to consider i think a lot of people just uh, jump into their cars and head uh, for the hills or for uh, you know off beat tracks without considering these things and i would even recommend that you practice some of these things because we learned the hard way we tried to use an air jack somewhere and found that because of the kacha terrain the other wheel slipped and the whole vehicle was at risk of slipping off the jack um so these are all uh, things to consider which most people don't consider and uh, hopefully won't have to consider god forbid but yeah um i'm just telling you some of our experiences so that you know in case you want to be better prepared these are good things to know i had a similar kind of experience with my bike on that terrain as i told you i was riding right from early morning 4:30 am from kaza traveling all around uh, kipper ki sikkim langza i came and uh, towards chandastal from bathal to chandastal uh, i had uh, those days it was all freshly blasted and they were already in the process of laying the rocks and when i was on that 13 km stretch i had already fallen once and again i fell so this time i could not lift my bike so those days i was in the process of learning traveling with minimum luggage i had my full luggage on my royal enfield i was tired to the core and uh, दूर से देखा एक शपथ बस कमिंग आई वॉज कैप्ट ऑन वेटिंग फॉर ट्वेंटी मिनट्स ही केम आफ्टर लॉट ऑफ एफर्ट्स आई कुड लिफ्ट दाइक एंड देन अगेन मूव ऑन एंड ऑन द लास्ट टर्न देर इज अ स्मॉल नाला एंड देर अगेन अ रॉक हिट बाई फ्रंट टायर हिट विद एट अ रॉन्ग एंगल एंड आई अगेन स्लिप्ट माई हेड बैंड ऑन द रॉक रियल हार्ड माई शोल्डर बैंड एंड there was a uh, i remember uh, inova in front of me coming from the river side they came running sir kya ho gaya okay i said don't do anything just give me a sip of water that's all i need then i'll talk to you then i use wo they in the meantime they lifted my bike said aapka to ye sab pedal ye footrest wagera toot gaya hai so they tried to do something but i said pani de do bas uske baad then immediately i knew how to fix up those uh footrest because without footrest you cannot use your brakes you cannot use your uh, gears so i immediately replaced the rear foot foot pegs with the front foot pegs and uh, moved on so uh, knowing your bike in such circumstances is also one of the important points a rider uh, or a, a driver has to know as narrated put it one should be aware uh, while going into these kind of uh, terrains we have been listening to some very interesting guidance uh, from learned speakers uh, ranging from mad bikers like deepak to rally drivers like uh, rally officials like narain and of course uh, our our own 
was running out. We have some time for a couple of questions. If anybody has anything to say, anything to ask, we have the best people uh, here to answer it. Anybody? Yes, Ravi Kumar. Welcome, Ravi. Uh, go ahead and ask your question. Ravi Kumar is uh, coming on board. Hang on till he gets. Ravi Kumar, are you in? Clubhouse, you know, sometimes when you add a speaker, it takes its own time. There's a lag time. For the first time, it asks for permission. Yeah, I think Ravi Kumar is not. He might not be finding the right button to move on to. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I can see him. I have already uh, added him. Yeah, he's Ravi, here. He's uh, here. Uh, yeah, can you hear me now? Ravi, please, please accept uh, and uh, come into the speaker. Yes, Ravi, go ahead. Yes, we can hear you, Ravi. Yeah, okay. Uh, first of all, uh, it is very nice to be part of this forum. So, I really like some of this conversation and uh, I being a travel enthusiast. Uh, last time I took definitely the help from uh, Mr. Kumar, which was very useful during our last trip to Himachal in February. And of course, I did a long trip in uh, 2013 to Leh from Bangalore. Of course, I'm from Bangalore. So we did uh, a road trip to Leh in 2013. Only one uh, point I just wanted to probably, I think most of you would already know it, uh, with the with the enthusiasm and the interest in traveling long distances, we, we do a lot of alterations to the vehicles. We tend to do a lot of alterations to the vehicles, including improvising on the headlights and so on, or adding extra lights and so on. I think uh, we should avoid doing anything additional to the already provided uh, standard fittings because, uh, you know, RTOs uh, or even the police won't allow in some places. So last time uh, when I went to Himachal, uh, it was in, uh, uh, where was it? Somewhere I was caught actually, so. Shimla. Uh -huh. Shimla. Shimla, yeah, it was in Shimla. We were uh, caught because of the headlights and uh, they gave the excuse that okay, your, your extra lights were not covered with the cover, I mean, you have not put any cover to the extra lights. So, I'm just cautioning people whoever is uh, going on a long trip, making any extra fittings. Uh, be, be careful about uh, understanding what is allowed, what is not allowed. No, Ravi, especially north, especially north, north uh, side, now uh, uh, addition of a horn extra lights, anything on the vehicle, whether it is a two-wheeler or a four-wheeler, attracts the traffic police and is liable to be fined. So they are very, very strict, be it Delhi, be it Chandigarh was always strict for the last 20 years, be it Punjab, be it Himachal. Now, for the last six months, you are liable to be penalized and they can even ask you to remove it there and then itself. So they now they do not some places some policemen now they do not even consider uh, if you are covering it with a black cloth they would not even consider that as well. Correct, correct. You know, uh, putting to races, uh, races question, Ravi. 
uh, one very common query which is coming up today is a lot of people want to put the cycle carriers in their bag and uh, having a cycle carrier is an extra fitting i believe in cities like bangalore the police don't mind but when you do go to a place like himachal or like as deepak said anywhere in the north it is a red herring because it is an extra fitting for which you are supposed to get permission does anybody have anything to say on the cycle carriers which you fit in kumar even the 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 uh, the carrier which we put on the motorcycles is legally not allowed we have faced uh, several instances where riders have been harassed uh, that this is not allowed in, uh, as per the motor vehicle act the top rack or the carrier which we put on the motorcycle keep luggage is not allowed no especially they will try to find the vehicle from a different state and they will definitely stop it
wonderful chatting. Um, looking forward to participating again another time. Thank you, everyone. Here, I would like to add uh, what Ravi said uh, about the extra fittings. One should not have electrical fittings and all. I, as a policy for the last 40 years, would not alter my electricals under any circumstances. If at all, I have to install my chargers, my anything, it will be directly to the battery. No wire would be cut. And uh, this is my advice to all the chargers, whether it is a 2 or a 4 The wires, the wiring should not be cut, which will hamper the warranty and may create problem in the near future. So, if at all you need to install, get it installed directly through the uh, battery. Thank you, uh, Deepak. Uh, uh, if with this, uh, can we say uh, good night on the session? Or does anybody else anything more to add? We have already completed our predefined 75 minutes. So if unless nobody has, I think Amit has been raising his hands, but I think Amit, you are not uh, accepting the invitation to speak. Amit Jagani, can you hear me? I think he is not able to connect. All right. So uh, this has been a very interesting session. We have uh, heard a lot of interesting views. I think particularly the aspect of uh, having a well-prepared card and uh, being able to think on your feet to solve any of these problems which you can encounter anytime. Uh, we heard a lot of interesting tips about starting the cards in cold weather, uh, uh, the efficiencies, higher efficiency of petrol engines, and also the need to have good social connectivity. Ispiti is truly a great cultural experience. You may not find dancers and singing and all that. But I think the way of life in Spiti is something which uh, is totally unique. And uh, one just cannot see it as an ordinary tourist destination. Yes, Spiti has got lots of interesting things to see and do for at least a week's trip. Uh, something uh, a little less crowded compared to the Ladakhs and obviously the Himachans. So I think we should, uh, uh, each one of us who has not been there, to Spiti, I think you should seriously consider Spiti and uh, go there. And uh, I'm sure this is a good beginning for some interesting uh, guidance we have heard from the experts. We have heard from Deepak, Sashang, Rajiv, uh, and obviously Naren. I think you, you can't get better than this. Thank you, all of you. It's been good listening to these conversations. Deepak? And actually, actually, not to mention the beautiful monasteries in the Spiti region and the wonderful hospitality from the monasteries. Yes, I, I think uh, I agree with you. People and, and, and so many things you can do. I mean, for people who want to do trekking, there are so many treks in that area. Uh, Rajiv is one of those people who goes hunting uh, with a camera for snow leopards, you know. So, so many interesting things you can do. And uh, so anyway, it, it's been good. We have a very interesting session coming up on Thursday at uh, 10 as usual. Uh, this is on a very important aspect of travel which most of us may not have paid attention to. This is on the topic of first responder and also the topic of good Samaritanship. So it's something to do with... Uh, can the, hear you actually. Uh, no, on Thursday we have the session coming up. Can you hear me now better? Yes. Okay. 
yeah, Thursday we have the session coming up on first responders and good Samaritans. It's a very interesting session where we hope to discuss various aspects of uh, uh, where we face accidents on the highway, where we are involved in accidents ourselves or we are forced to help somebody else who's an accident. We have two or two wonderful people joining us, two doctors uh, who are very experienced in this field. So we hope to hear a lot of uh, uh, interesting views from them and uh, do join in at 10 on Thursday. Uh, with this, uh, thank you again for all the speakers and all the listeners for, for this uh, last 75-80 minutes. And thank you and good night. We meet again on Thursday. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.